You're listening to He That Is Righteous Is Favored of God, part of the 1830 Podcast Network. It is the 1990 Independence Edition of the Book of Mormon, followed by commentary. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the podcaster and don't necessarily reflect the beliefs of the Church of Christ. Chapter 2 And now I speak unto you, Joseph, my last born. Thou wast born in the wilderness of mine afflictions, yea, in the days of my greatest sorrow did thy mother bear thee. And may the Lord consecrate also unto thee this land, which is a most precious land, for thine inheritance and the inheritance of thy seed with thy brethren, for thy security for ever, if it so be that ye shall keep the commandments of the Holy One of Israel. And now, Joseph, my last born, whom I have brought out of the wilderness of mine afflictions, may the Lord bless thee for ever, for thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. For behold, thou art the fruit of my loins, and I am a descendant of Joseph, which was carried captive into Egypt. And great were the covenants of the Lord which he made unto Joseph, wherefore Joseph truly saw our day. And he obtained a promise of the Lord, that out of the fruit of his loins the Lord God would raise up a righteous branch unto the house of Israel. Not the Messiah, but a branch which was to be broken off nevertheless to be remembered in the covenants of the Lord that the Messiah should be made manifest unto them in the latter days, in the spirit of power, unto the bringing of them out of darkness unto light, yea, out of a hidden darkness, and out of captivity unto freedom. For Joseph truly testified, saying, A seer shall the Lord my God raise up, which shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. Yea, Joseph truly said, Thus saith the Lord unto me, A choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. And unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, which shall be of great worth unto them, even to the bringing of them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers. And I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work save the work which I shall command him. And I will make him great in mine eyes for he shall do my work. And he shall be great like unto Moses, whom I have said I would raise up unto you, to deliver my people, O house of Israel. And Moses will I raise up, to deliver thy people out of the land of Egypt. But a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins. And not to the bringing forth my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. Wherefore the fruit of my loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of my loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah shall grow together, unto the confounding of false doctrines, and laying down contentions, and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. And out of weakness he shall be made strong in that day when my work shall commence among all my people unto the restoring thee, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. And thus prophesied Joseph, saying, Behold, that seer will the Lord bless, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. For this promise, of which I have obtained of the Lord, of the fruit of thy loins, shall be fulfilled. Behold, I am sure of the fulfilling of this promise. 
and his name shall be called after me, and it shall be after the name of his father. And he shall be like unto me, for the thing which the Lord shall bring forth by his hand, by the power of the Lord shall bring my people unto salvation. Yea, thus prophesied Joseph, I am sure of this thing, even as I am sure of the promise of Moses. For the Lord hath said unto me, I will preserve thy seed forever. And the Lord hath said, I will raise up a Moses, and I will give power unto him in a rod, and I will give judgment unto him in writing, yet I will not loose his tongue that he shall speak much, for I will not make him mighty in speaking. But I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand, and I will make one a spokesman for him. And the Lord said unto me also, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins, and I will make for him a spokesman. And I, behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writing of the fruit of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins, and the spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins. And it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust, for I know their faith. And they shall cry from the dust, yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even that after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cry shall go, even according to the simpleness of their words, because of their faith. Their words shall proceed forth out of my mouth unto their brethren, which are the fruit of thy loins. And the weakness of their words will I make strong in their faith, unto the remembering of my covenant which I made unto thy fathers. And now behold, my son Joseph, after this manner did my father of old prophesy. Wherefore, because of this covenant thou art blessed. For thy seed shall not be destroyed, for they shall hearken unto the words of the book. And there shall raise up one mighty among them, which shall do much good, both in word and in deed, being an instrument in the hands of God with exceeding faith, to work mighty wonders, and do that thing which is great in the sight of God, unto the bringing to pass much restoration unto the house of Israel, and unto the seed of thy brethren. And now blessed art thou, Joseph. Behold, thou art little. Wherefore hearken unto the words of thy brother Nephi, and it shall be done unto thee, even according to the words which I have spoken. Remember the words of thy dying father. Amen. Chapter 3 And now I, Nephi, speak concerning the prophecies of which my father hath spoken concerning Joseph, who was carried into Egypt. For behold, he truly prophesied concerning all his seed, and the prophecies which he wrote, there are not many greater. And he prophesied concerning us and our future generations, and they are written upon the plates of brass. Wherefore, after my father had made an end of speaking concerning the prophecies of Joseph, he called the children of Laman, his sons and his daughters, and saith unto them, Behold my sons and my daughters, which are the sons and daughters of my firstborn, I would that ye should give ear unto my words. For the Lord God hath said, that inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from my presence. But behold, my sons and my daughters, I cannot go down to my grave, save I should leave a blessing upon you. 
For behold, I know that if ye are brought up in the right way that ye should go, ye will not depart from it. Wherefore, if ye are cursed, behold, I leave my blessing upon you, that the cursing may be taken from you and be answered upon the heads of your parents. Wherefore, because of my blessing, the Lord God will not suffer that ye shall perish. Wherefore, he will be merciful unto you and unto your seed forever. And it came to pass that after my father had made an end of speaking to the sons and daughters of Laman, he caused the sons and daughters of Lemuel to be brought before him. And he spake unto them, saying, Behold my sons and my daughters, which are the sons and the daughters of my second son. Behold, I leave unto you the same blessing which I left unto the sons and daughters of Laman. Wherefore thou shalt not utterly be destroyed, but in the end thy seed shall be blessed. And it came to pass that when my father had made an end of speaking unto them, behold, it came to pass that he spake unto the sons of Ishmael, yea, and even all his household. And after that he had made an end of speaking unto them, he spake unto Sam, saying, Blessed art thou, and thy seed, for thou shalt inherit the land like unto thy brother Nephi. And thy seed shall be numbered with his seed, and thou shalt be even like unto thy brother, and thy seed like unto his seed, and thou shalt be blessed in all thy days. And it came to pass that after my father Lehi had spoken unto all his household, according to the feelings of his heart, and the spirit of the Lord which was in him, he waxed old. And it came to pass that he died and was buried. And it came to pass that not many days after his death, Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael were angry with me because of the admonitions of the Lord. For I, Nephi, was constrained to speak unto them according to the word. For I had spoken many things unto them, and also my father before his death, many of which sayings are written upon mine other plates, for a more history part are written upon mine other plates. And upon these I write the things of my soul, and many of the scriptures which are engraven upon the plates of brass. For my soul delighteth in the scriptures, and my heart pondereth them, and writeth them for the learning and the profit of my children. Behold, my soul delighteth in the things of the Lord, and my heart pondereth continually upon the things which I have seen and heard. Nevertheless, notwithstanding the great goodness of the Lord in showing me his great and marvelous works, my heart exclaimeth, O wretched man that I am! Yea, my heart sorroweth because of my flesh. My soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. I am encompassed about because of the temptations and the sins which doth so easily beset me. And when I desire to rejoice, my heart groaneth because of my sins. Nevertheless, I know in whom I have trusted. My God hath been my support. He hath led me through mine afflictions in the wilderness, and he hath preserved me upon the waters of the great deep. He hath filled me with his love, even unto the consuming of my flesh. He hath confounded mine enemies, unto the causing of them to quake before me. Behold, he hath heard my cry by day, and he hath given me knowledge by visions in the night time. And by day have I waxed bold in mighty prayer before him. Yea, my voice have I sent upon high, and the angels came down and ministered unto me. And upon the wings of his spirit hath my body been carried away upon exceeding high mountains. And mine eyes have beheld great things, yea, even too great for man. 
therefore I was bidden that I should not write them. Oh, then, if I have seen so great things, if the Lord in his condescension unto the children of men hath visited me in so much mercy, why should my heart weep and my soul linger in the valley of sorrow and my flesh waste away and my strength slacken because of mine afflictions? And why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Yea, why should I give way to temptations that the evil one have placed in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul? Why am I angry because of mine enemy? Awake, my soul, no longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. Do not slacken my strength because of mine afflictions. Rejoice, O my heart, and cry unto the Lord, and say, O Lord, I will praise thee forever. Yea, my soul will rejoice in thee, my God, and the rock of my salvation. O Lord, wilt thou redeem my soul? Wilt thou deliver me out of the hands of mine enemies? Wilt thou make me that I may shake at the appearance of sin? May the gates of hell be shut continually before me, because that my heart is broken and my spirit is contrite. O Lord, wilt thou not shut the gates of thy righteousness before me, that I may walk in the path of the low valley, that I may be strict in the plain road? O Lord, wilt thou encircle me around in the robe of thy righteousness? O Lord, wilt thou make a way for mine escape before mine enemies? Wilt thou make my path straight before me? Wilt thou not place a stumbling block in my way? But that thou wouldst clear my way before me, and hedge not up my way, but the ways of mine enemy. O Lord, I have trusted in thee, and I will trust in thee forever. I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh. For I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. Yea, cursed is he that putteth his trust in man, or maketh flesh his arm. Yea, I know that God will give liberally to him that asketh. Yea, my God will give me, if I ask not amiss. Therefore, I will lift up my voice unto thee. Yea, I will cry unto thee, my God, the rock of my righteousness. Behold, my voice shall forever ascend up unto thee, my rock, and mine everlasting God. Amen. Come unto me. labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and
Second Nephi chapter two and three. I combined both these chapters cause they're uh, quick reads, but in retrospect, there is a lot of highlighting going on in these two chapters. These are very in depth. There's a lot of colors on my pages on these two chapters. This may be the longest podcast, so we'll get started. At the beginning, we have uh, Lehi talking to Joseph, and the first verse I want to highlight is verse 4. And now, Joseph, my lastborn, whom I have brought out of the wilderness of mine afflictions, may the Lord bless thee forever, for thy seed shall not utterly be destroyed. There seems to be uh, an affinity or something about Joseph who, I don't know, it's like if he has a favorite, I think it's Joseph. <laughs> he he talked about all the other sons. I know Nephi is, you know, obviously the good one, but I think just, I think he, he has an affinity for Joseph. And that's the only comment I have, uh, but I wanted to highlight that that point. I can see this father going that he knows this this child was born in the the wilderness of mine afflictions and he had a rough go of it and he's just a little guy and so so he has this uh affection i guess for this little little joseph it comes out i guess in some of the verses i gotta keep moving on though so in verse five we see for behold thou art the fruit of my loins and i am a descendant of joseph who was carried captive into egypt but this is important now that he's pointing out that he's a descendant of Joseph and we're about to get a lot of reading and we need to be very clear which Joseph he's talking about. So he's talking to his son, Joseph, about Joseph of Egypt. And we're going to read a couple more verses. I want to point out, and I have on the side of my, in my column, in the margin, and all these verses in a row, 5, 6, 10, 11, 25, 31, and 44. In all of these references, the Joseph that he's talking about is Joseph of Egypt. He keeps talking about it to make very clear, make sure it is clear who I'm talking about. He keeps referencing Joseph. And when you go back, I just highlighted, uh, for instance, in verse 5, descendant of Joseph, Joseph, who was carried captive into Egypt. In verse 6, uh, And great were the covenants of the Lord, which he made unto Joseph. Wherefore, Joseph truly saw our day. The Joseph he's talking about is Joseph of Egypt. Coat of many colors, Joseph, that guy, the father of Ephraim and Manasseh. So, in verse 10, For Joseph truly testified, saying, In verse 11, Yea, Joseph truly said, uh, What's the next one? Uh, verse 25, and thus prophesied Joseph, saying, the next one was verse 31, Yea, thus prophesied Joseph. And the last one is verse 44. And now my beloved son, and now behold my son Joseph, after this manner did my father of old prophesy. So he's referencing, he's talking to his son, and he's saying, Son Joseph, this is what my father of old did prophesy. And he's, again, what he's about to say is the father of old. It's that old Joseph. So most of what we're reading here are the Joseph is the Joseph that Joseph from Egypt, the 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 famous one, <laughs> Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and twelve sons, of you know. So we're talking about that Joseph. 
And now that we've made that abundantly clear, hopefully, we're going to read some very interesting verses here. I'm going to start with verse 10, 11, and 12, and 13. Um, and the, so I have in verse 10, for Joseph truly testified saying is in yellow or, and then in a different color and mine, it's green. I start with the, what the prophecy was a seer shall the Lord, my God raise up who shall be a choice seer unto the fruit of my loins. So it's going to be a choice seer unto the descendants of Joseph of Egypt Yea, Joseph truly said, is in yellow, in verse 11, and then here's the prophecy. Thus saith the Lord unto me, a choice seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and he shall be esteemed highly among the fruit of thy loins. Okay, he's a seer. He's coming out of the uh, uh, seed of Joseph of Egypt. Verse 12, and unto him will I give commandment that he shall do a work for the fruit of thy loins, his brethren, which shall be of great worth unto them, even to the bringing of them to the knowledge of the covenants which I have made with thy fathers. And then verse 13, I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work save the work which I shall command him. That's actually a different color. That, that kind of points to a different topic. But verse 10, 11, and 12, I have yellow parts at the beginning of the verses saying Joseph of Egypt is talking and green what is the, the prophecy. And so this seer is going to be brought up and he's testified, he, he's prophesied of way, way back in the day. And it's Joseph of Egypt that is talking and he's about descendants of Joseph. And it's going to be uh, to this seer that what is important to, to, I think, is what I believe is this is Joseph Smith that he's talking about. But who is this for? The descendants of, I mean, we're talking all of Israel here. We're talking the descendants of Joseph, Ephraim and Manasseh and thy brethren. So it's, it's to them. But now verse 13, if we're talking about Joseph Smith, this verse is kind of contentious because it, it shows, and I will give unto him a commandment that he shall do none other work, save the work which I shall command him. Now, if he, <laughs> I could make people upset, but I think what to me this is saying is that if he does anything beyond being the seer and, and translating this book, then he's not supposed to do that. And why is this prophecy here unless it's because it's going to happen and now we are condemning the actions even before they happen? That's that's uh, uh, going to ruffle feathers with some people, but I think the very existence of this verse discredits the other things that Joseph, Joseph Smith did. And so this is one that you highlight and you reference back when when, if you ever get into a, a, a debate on that topic. Uh, now, verse 17, I have highlighted. But a seer will I raise up out of the fruit of thy loins, and unto him will I give power to bring forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, and not to the bringing forth my word only, saith the Lord, but to the convincing them of my word, which shall have already gone forth among them. So I like that verse. It's talking about the the... Gospel is already there, but they're not convinced of it. So this other thing of bringing forth my word unto the seed of thy loins, it's very, I noticed the, the wording, the verbiage that he's going to bring forth his word unto the seed of thy loins, and it's going to convince them of what has already gone forth among them. If I, if I'm to make the, 
declaration, I would say, of Joseph Smith is take, bringing them the Book of Mormon, and they've already got the Bible, and they're going to kind of bring that to them. And here's the kicker, which kind of proves that point, or they're in the next couple of verses. Verses 19 and 20, they, they go with the same prophecy. Wherefore, the fruit of thy loins shall write, and the fruit of the loins of Judah shall write, and that which shall be written by the fruit of thy loins, and also that which shall be written by the fruit of the loins of Judah shall grow together, unto the confounding of false doctrines, and laying down of contentions, and establishing peace among the fruit of thy loins, and bringing them to the knowledge of their fathers in the latter days, and also to the knowledge of my covenants, saith the Lord. The, the reference for the Bible that goes with this, everybody should be familiar with, is Ezekiel chapter 37, which is a, we always take that one little part, you know, but there's a bigger prophecy in Ezekiel 37, but we always kind of go right to that one little point, part to make our point. But if you get the chance, that prophecy is worth looking into as well. But I, we always point to that part where the, the two sticks and each take them each in each hand and put them together and they'll become one in thy hand, just like it says here. I also have verse 24 highlighted. And out of weakness, he shall be made strong in that day when my work shall commence among all my people unto the restoring thee, O house of Israel, saith the Lord. Joseph Smith was not highly educated. And in his weakness, he was made strong by God and the work that he did, which is translating the Book of Mormon. God, I mean, there's no other explanation. God made him strong in language and in translating languages and in writing this. I can't say writing, but in translating this work, we know that he didn't write it. We know that he was made strong by God. Uh, verse 26, and they, and they that seek to destroy him shall be confounded. Verse 29, and the name... Here's the, this is the good one. And his name shall be called after me and it shall be after the name of his father. So his name's going to be Joseph because this is Joseph of Egypt talking and Joseph is going to be named after his father. It's going to be a, a Joseph senior and a Joseph junior. Verse 31, I've already pointed out that yea, thus prophesied Joseph. And it's part of that other section at the beginning. I told you these are all the verses where we're pointing out that Joseph of Egypt is talking. And I passed up one in verse 25 also. That's Joseph of Egypt saying, and on those references, it's just that little little bit that I have highlighted. In other words, I don't have the whole verse, but I'm highlighting the part that points out who's talking. And it's Joseph of Egypt. The next verses I have are 32... They overlap. 32 through 36 makes a point, and then 36 through 40 makes a point, and then continue the point all the way to 43, and then a new point in 44. So you've got uh, highlights all over the page 89 here. So let's start with verse 32. And the Lord hath said, I will raise up a Moses, and I will give power unto him in a rod, and I will give judgment unto him in writing. Yet I will not loose his tongue, that he shall speak much, for I will not make him mighty in speaking. But I will write unto him my law by the finger of mine own hand, and I will make a spokesman for him. So Joseph of Egypt is speaking this prophecy, talking about Moses, talking about Aaron. We talk about the Ten Commandments that he wrote with his own finger. And this was all before this happened, right? This is when they're still in Egypt. And they're going to be in Egypt a long time. The next thing to point out is verse, verses 36 through 40. 
at verse 36. And the Lord said unto me also, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins, and I will make for him a spokesman. And I, behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writing of the fruit of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins, and the spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. And the words which he shall write shall be the words which are expedient in my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins. And it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust. For I know their faith, and they shall cry from the dust, yea, even repentance unto their brethren, even after many generations have gone by them. And it shall come to pass that their cry shall go, even according to the simpleness of their words, because of their faith, their words shall proceed forth out of the mouth unto their brethren, who are of the who are the fruit of thy loins, and the weakness of their words will I make strong in their faith unto the remembering of my covenant which I made unto thy fathers. And verse forty four, and now behold my son Joseph, after this manner did my father of old prophesy. So that is the ending of the talking of Joseph of Egypt. That's how I see the ending of, that's how it reads to me. So we have this reference to a Moses and an Aaron over in one, in the old world, but then we have another Moses-like and another spokesman-like in the new world. And so they're a type. And so what I think is interesting is we, we've pointed out that there's a seer in Joseph Smith, but who is the Aaron? Who is the the one who's the spokesman for Joseph Smith? And the beauty of this, what what I think is amazing, is it it kind of explains this a little bit. And I'm going to read, and I want you to turn to page 706. So we're jumping, jumping around here. But who was the guy that compiled the Book of Mormon? I mean, who's, who's it named after? It's this guy, Mormon, right? So Mormon took all of these words and compiled them and put them into a book. And he handed it to his son. So we're going to the Book of Mormon, of the Book of Mormon, (laughs) chapter 4, verses 17 through 21. And here we hear about this guy called Moroni. I am the son of Mormon, and my father was a descendant of Nephi. And I am the same who hideth up this record unto the Lord. The plates thereof of no the uh, the plates thereof are of no worth because of the commandment of the Lord. For he truly saith not that no one shall have them to get gain, but the record thereof is of great worth. And whoso shall bring it to light, him will the Lord bless. For no one can have power to bring it to light, save it be given him of God. For God will. Uh, for God will that it shall be done with an eye single to his glory or the welfare of the ancient and long dispersed covenant people of the Lord and blessed be him that shall bring this thing to light for it shall be brought out of darkness unto light according to the word of God. Yea, it shall be brought out of the earth and it shall shine forth out of darkness and come unto the knowledge of the people and it shall be done by the power of God. And I love this reading interjected right here. They, uh, after verse 40, and they shall cry from the dust. And so if, if the, the, if Joseph Smith is like unto Moses, as blank is unto Aaron, the answer of blank would be for your SAT style question would be the book of Mormon. The book of Mormon itself is that, um, that spokesman. And it's, as you read from 36 through 40, I'm going to read it again. 
And when you hear this, think about what the Book of Mormon is and who the people are that wrote all these books and who the guy is that compiled it. And are they coming? It, it just speaks and fits this perfectly. And the Lord said unto me also, I will raise up unto the fruit of thy loins and I will make for him a spokesman, make a spokesman for Joseph Smith. And I behold, I will give unto him that he shall write the writing of the fruit of thy loins unto the fruit of thy loins and the spokesman of thy loins shall declare it. So, and the words which he shall write, I'm going to say, I'm going to fill in the he as Joseph Smith shall write, shall be the words which are expedient and my wisdom should go forth unto the fruit of thy loins. Well, actually, it could even be, be Moroni or Mormon, whoever that spokesman is. The eventuality of it is that it's the Book of Mormon. And it shall be as if the fruit of thy loins had cried unto them from the dust, for I know their faith and they shall cry from the dust. So that's my idea there is that the Book of Mormon is the Aaron that was needed for Joseph Smith, the spokesman. It is, it's the product of what Joseph Smith translated. The next couple verses I have highlighted are a little bit of, well, I'm going to read them. They're from the end of verse 45, 46, and 47. For they shall hearken unto the words of the book, talking about, so let's start with 45. For wherefore, because of this covenant, thou art blessed. Talking to Joseph, for thy seed shall not be destroyed, for they shall hearken unto the words of the book. So the descendants now of this little Joseph, they shall hearken unto the words of the book, and there shall raise up one mighty among them who shall do much good, both in word and in deed, being an instrument in the hands of God with exceeding faith to work mighty wonders and do that thing which is great in the sight of God unto the, unto the bringing to pass much restoration unto the house of Israel and unto thy, the seed of thy brethren. Now, either, either that's talking about Moroni or Mormon, or I can also see that this is something of the future. Somebody who hearkens unto the words of the book after it's presented to them and someone mighty among them will do much good for the, cause the timeline sounds from 44 and now behold my son Joseph after this manner did my father of old prophesy wherefore because of this covenant thou art blessed for thy seed shall not be destroyed so he's talking about th thy seed they shall hearken unto the words of the book well they they're not going to hearken unto the words of the book until it's brought to them until after Joseph Smith so I can see I, I can understand a point of view where this is future event in verses 46 and 47. I can also see that it's potential that this Moroni is the guy who hearkened unto the words of the compilation that Nephi brought. And he is that guy. Either way, it's, it's hard to understand. I can go both ways on this. I like, and I hope for that. It's somebody in the future, just because I like the idea that someone is going to come from someone is still coming that's going to do mighty things and restoring unto the house of Israel, unto thy seed of thy brethren. So that's chapter two. And I'll give my comments on chapter three next. And this is a tough, it was a tough read because of the, uh, I don't know how to say it, the um, emotion that is poured into the words. And I can, I can definitely relate to what, what goes on in chapter three, what Nephi is going through. But first of all,
Let's hit some of the highlighted verses. Verses 8 and 9 of chapter 3. For the Lord God hath said that inasmuch as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall be cut off from my presence. So it's that promise again. And, you know, I can, I can understand why someone would get upset with me for what I'm about to say. You know, Joel Osteen is a, uh, you know, a, a church for profit, I guess, a preach for profit type of guy. But if in the very essence of, you know, there's blessings that follow the believers. If you are, he that is righteous is favored of God. And here we have that in as much as ye shall keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. This land is a land of promise. This land has a, a blessing associated with it, but it also has a curse associated with it. If you do not keep his commandments, you'll be swept off. So there is an idea of you will be blessed if you serve the Lord here in this land. But I mean, you're, you're going to be blessed serving the Lord anywhere. But there's something special about this land as a land of promise and a land that is is prepared and special for those who serve and love God. Then in verses 10 and 11, I have these highlighted in a different color. But behold, my sons and my daughters, I cannot go down to my grave, save I should leave a blessing upon you. For behold, I know that if you are brought up in the way ye should go, ye will not depart from it. That's straight Proverbs 22, 6. If you turn to Proverbs 22, 6, you'll, you'll read the same thing. And I have at the end of verse 12, another blessing, that the cursing may be taken from you and be answered upon the heads of your parents. I kind of like that there's this endless, uh, how do they describe it? He will be merciful unto you and unto your seed forever. And you, the kind of the, the sins where in the Bible is, is your, I will punish you unto the third and fourth generations. You know, that's the standard. That's the, the usual uh, way things happen. But over here for these people, there's a blessing where the, the, the cursing will be taken from you and will be answered upon the heads of your parents. Because right here in 10 and 11, did they, or, or verse 11, did they bring you up in the way that you should go? Well, then it's their kind of their fault. I, I don't really like that. You are responsible for your own actions, but this curse though is upon your, your parents for, for uh, how can that be? But that's how it reads to me, right? That there's a different mindset that God has and he wants to be merciful and he's ready to be merciful to these people who are the descendants of Laman and Lemuel, if they would just give it a chance. And I like at the end of verse 16, but in the end, thy seed shall be blessed. That's another verse that's highlighted. And then turn the page. Wow. The whole thing is lit up like a Christmas tree. I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to hit a few of my favorite parts. Uh, in verses 27 and 28, we get again, the description of the two sets of plates for a more history part are written upon my other plates. And upon these, I write the things of my soul and many of the scriptures, which are engraven upon the plates of brass. So that's what he included in this set that we're reading the things of his soul. And then we're about to read this, this monologue, I guess this prayer that he has that is obviously things of his soul that he pours out. And uh, it's much like Paul, when it says, Oh, wretched man that I am. 
my heart sorroweth because of my flesh, and my soul grieveth because of mine iniquities. Uh, there's a lot more there. You can just keep on reading and feel his feel his pain. It's a it's a tough read, and it still it fills you with hope. Verse fifty three. Wilt thou make me that I may shake at the appearance appearance of sin? You know, in this world, we're supposed to be tolerant of everything, right? All these, it, it, to be intolerant is not politically correct. But here in the Book of Mormon, we're supposed to shake at the appearance of sin. Don't have any tolerance for it. We will not tolerate that. And I don't want to even see it. That's how much uh, disparity there is between what God calls us to be and what the world tells us is okay to be. Verse 57, O Lord, wilt thou make a way for mine escape before mine enemies? If you reference 1 Corinthians 10, 13, right next to it in the margins, you'll see that there is always an escape. He will not tempt you more than you are, will, more than you are able to bear. Verses 62 and 63, I will not put my trust in the arm of flesh, for I know that cursed is he that putteth his trust in the arm of flesh. Reference Jeremiah 17, 5, and you'll see a very similar reading in Jeremiah 17, 5. I did not get too in-depth on everything. I didn't want to read it all back to you again, but chapter 3 has a lot more to highlight, and it's all one giant conglomeration of, of bumper sticker verses and thoughts that just just rock you to your core. That's all I have here for chapter 3. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy